Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. You're going to learn what prep is and why you should care about it. Our guest is an expert educator. He is Raul Quintero, and I'm so glad to have him here. He is an accomplished LA-based sex-positive HIV educator. Raul received his BA in psychology at the University of California, Santa Barbara, where he discovered his passion for promoting sexual and relational health awareness as a former sex and relationships peer health intern. After graduating, he utilized his knowledge while volunteering as an HIV testing counselor at the LA LGBT Center, and he worked as a social media coordinator for the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, the world's largest HIV healthcare organization. He's also appeared on Russell Brand's Brand X as a condom expert, and he's helped develop HIV STD awareness marketing campaigns, and has microblogged to his heart's content about how to best protect your sexual health. Currently, Raul works at JWCH Institute as the prep educator for the HIV Prevention and Care Department. You can go to their website. It's prepare.com. LA. That's P-R-E-P-A-R-E dot L-A. And follow the Prepjicator, which I love that name, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Welcome, Raul. Well, thank you for having me, Michelle. I'm happy to speak about PrEP and, you know, help people out there learn more about this revolutionary new HIV prevention method. Ooh. So you already gave us a little sneak peek. And before we give the real goods to the listeners about what it's all about, I want to know about your story. What made you so passionate about sexual health awareness and educating people on it? I grew up in a predominantly gay family. Uh, When I say predominantly gay, I mean that my mom was lesbian. Her twin brother was gay. Her oldest brother gay was gay. Her youngest brother was gay. I am queer. Um, And then her like... You were fortunate. Yes. uh, You didn't have like this big ordeal of coming out then, I assume. Uh, well, for a while, you know, that's it's always a little complicated. But for me, when I finally did come out, it was really easy. Uh, it was just a lot of coming to terms with myself. But within sure. that, because of the fact uh, that we did have such, you know, uh, gayness was so prevalent in our family, um, we were affected by the early AIDS, the early 80s AIDS crisis early on. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. So my eldest uncle, my eldest uncle, Michael Quintero, actually, um, contracted HIV sometime in the 80s and died as a result of AIDS-related causes in 94. Mm. Um, and so that kind of left like this black cloud over our family. Like there were a lot of funerals in the early 80s um, that my family members were going wow. to. Wow. And so um, when I finally came out of the closet and my family found out that I was sexually active, at the time, you know, you, you can grow up in a predominantly gay household, um, but, you know, when you grow up in a Latino predominantly gay household, there's still like this level of sex shame that surrounds that and, you know, a lack of communication about uh, sexual health. And so for a very long time. That's odd to me. And and I hate to interject, but I'm thinking, gosh, if it already seems like such an open environment, then how could there be shaming? Yeah, it's, you know, you, how would you, but honestly, people talk about their, their sex talks. Mine was, well, one, there was this denial around me even coming out as, you know, 
at, at the time, like discovering my sexuality. And when I had expressed it to one of my family members, they said, oh, you know, you're just going through a phase. If you Really? Yeah, they said I was going through a phase. And was this a, a straight I, person or was this one well, of this your... This was like one of my gay family members, uh, my youngest gay uncle, actually, huh. uh, said that I was just going through a phase and that I was just horny and that if I could put my penis in a tree, I would put my penis in a tree. And that was... The conversation I had surrounding sex. And then I discovered sex. Thanks, my- uncle. Yeah. That was it, awesome. Right? And so <laughs> I discovered sex like uh, on my own. And even then, so mixed messages, 1994, uh, you know, surrounding HIV and AIDS and these conversations of are you clean? And, you know, is this safe? And, you know, still going ahead and moving forward with some form of condomless sexual activity. Mm-hmm. And then when my family found out that this was going on, they lost, basically all marbles were lost. Yeah. And, um, well, yeah, I mean, when you go through a tragedy and several tragedies at that, of course, you're going to be have a major amount of, of fear and horror surrounding the whole topic. And so, yeah, exactly. My family was like, oh, my God, how could you do this? You know what happened to your Uncle Michael? Like, so they went, uh, they contacted, actually, it was, I was going to an all-boys school at the time. Um, They contacted my school. I swear, a Catholic boys' school had never had to deal with issues that they had to deal with until I came along. (laughs) (laughs) And my family was like, they told them, we're not paying you all this money for tuition for you not to do anything and step in. So, you know, I'm probably thinking this is the first time that a Catholic you know, school run by the Archdiocese of Los Angeles had to step in and hire an HIV educator to sit there and talk to me about HIV. That's awesome, though. Yeah. And then my family was like, forced him to get tested. And then, you know, they forcibly took me in to go get tested for HIV. Now, of course, it's not forcing, you know, I I advocate, you know, getting tested regularly. Sure. And, um, you know, I'm like, let's make it all voluntary. And, but back then I was, you know, I was blown away by this, scared the hell out of me, scared the hell out of me about sex. Sure. Um, 14 year old, 14 year old boy. Yeah, exactly. Just discovering his sexuality and and then understanding that HIV and AIDS exist. I mean, I can remember as far back, you know, as five years old, like 1985, asking my grandmother what AIDS was and if you can catch it by crying. And, you know, there was this... It was by then. I remember it too. I remember the 80s of people being afraid to to go to restaurants. Their germs would be on the fork. The virus would be on the fork. You know, and really. You know, and but you know what's it, what is astounding is that in some parts that that idea still continues. Really. You know, to stick around and so linger. then hence your um, passion for wanting to educate people on it. Yeah, and so, get over that hump. So that was kind of like the start of it. And so like there was, you know, like this really black hot, so much so that I actually went abstinent for about seven years. What would be normally considered, you know, the formative years for my sexual growth. Uh, Terrified of penises. I was, you know, sexually anxious. It was, you know, new, you know, when you you grow up and you look back and you're like, who the hell was I? Like, yes, yes, every day. I was just like, what the hell was I thinking? Um, so, you know, years passed down the line. I had actually, I was a returning college student. Um, and it was when I transferred to UCSB in 2008 that I learned of, you know, the human sexuality classes offered on campus. So I was 28 year old man um, sitting in a room of like 600 freshmen and 18 year old, 19 year old freshmen and sophomores at UCSB. And 
like I just decided it was, you know, I'm in college, I want to live it to the best of my experiences, because this was my, this was my second wave of adolescence, or, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, and I was gonna live it, I was ready to, you know, I, trust me, I was ready to slut it up in college. Um, Heck yeah. But I, mean, <laughs> when I, say, I, I use that term, you know, endearingly, I, I reappropriate that term. I, I don't, I love the fact that I am, uh, you know, sexually liberal now. And it was there that then my mind started opening. Um, and, and, you know, I was breaking down those barriers of all these old views mm-hmm. of, of sexual health that I did not have in my mind because I was so scared and in my own sexuality. And it was there that I flowered, really. And I developed this passion to want to talk about sexual health and, and explore my sexuality and finally, you know, like, learn what sexual health really meant and then really break down all of those false ideas yeah. that I had about hiv mm-hmm. and um and stis or you know just sexuality in general and then that's where you know my sexual awakening really started happening when you're talking about hiv when you're talking about sti prevention what's the base of it all sexuality human sexuality sex you know doing it anything related to that and i wanted to start doing it and i wanted to do it in an intelligent manner i love uh, it and i wanted others to you know to not have to experience what i went through at the time that I was the age that I was the age earlier on in my life, when I was the age of some of these people that I was educating to, about sexual health, and um, that's really just kind of like where it started. And mm-hmm. then, and you know, and what you're doing is so great because, to my understanding, there's this generational divide within the gay population where, like, the older generations who did go through that AIDS crisis, mm-hmm. are are kind of almost like envious of the the younger generation that they don't have the same kind of fears or the intensity of fears that they had to experience because now there are so many ways to manage HIV. It's a manageable disease now. It is a manageable disease in some, you know, depending on where you are and depending on what funding is available within, you know, wherever you are, but it it is a manageable disease and it can be. And, you know, while it, of course, HIV will always be a big deal. It's no less of a big deal. It is manageable. And, you know, we have the tools to help, um, you know, put a stop or put a huge dent in the in new infections mm-hmm. that are available. It's just a matter of making sure that this information is spread. That's right. And so, um, so that's actually a great segue. That's an excellent segue. What is PrEP? What is PrEP? So let's go ahead and talk about that. Um, so PrEP is short for pre-exposure prophylaxis. Mm-hmm. Uh, PrEP is, in, is a fairly newer HIV prevention regimen. Um, it is, was approved by the FDA in 2012. It includes taking a daily antiretroviral drug. Yes, you are taking a daily HIV mm. medication. It's an anti-HIV medication. So it's not uh, like you just take the pill before you go on a date or before you're going out to pick uh, up some booty. You have to actually take this every single day. Yes, for maximum for maximum protection right now, as indicated, it is daily, seven days a week, however many days or years long you feel that you may possibly be at risk for HIV or until some new technology comes about, which is actually being studied right now. But for right now, we have Truvada, which is the anti-HIV pill I am discussing, mm-hmm. and you take it daily. Included in this regimen is getting tested every three months for HIV, STIs, as well as monitoring for the kidney and liver infection in case somebody should have had Previous experience with hepat uh, previous exposure to hepatitis B or have been infected with hepatitis B, and then uh, you know just monitoring by uh, you know a medical provider 
as well for as long as you are on this regimen. Um, Wait, so prep is more of a regimen rather than a pill? Yes, it, prep right now, Truvada as prep. So Truvada is the pill, but mm -hmm. the entire prep is a regimen. So there, so there is a way to actually prevent HIV now. This is this is prep. Yes. Well, there, you know, there's multiple ways. We've had a toolkit forever. Of course, the first start was was condoms and you know risk reduction practices. Sure. But that's and not like a that doesn't completely handle it. No, of course. You she know, could I'm, have breakage. Same thing as, you know, with heterosexuals, the condom breaking and the chick getting pregnant. Yeah. And then plus, you know, not everybody's given a, a full-fledged, you know, sexual awareness education to where they know how to utilize condoms. Exactly. exactly. Or, and consistently. Hence and, your appearance on Russell Brand show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I mean, it was... If this, if this were not audio only, Raul, I would be like, all right, show us the condom use. Show us. <laughs> oh, my God. There are, you know, we'll leave the bananas alone today. <laughs> so, okay. So, Truvada is um, part of the overall prep program, so to speak, um, where it's um, it includes all of these, these uh, three-month testing and making sure that you're still doing well and all of that kind of stuff. It's, it sounds fantastic. Yeah, and so just to like make sure your your body isn't handling handling it adversely, uh, mm -hmm. you know. So and that's actually a good question. So what could be the side effects? I mean, you're taking this pill every single day. Um, you know, what could happen? Okay, so uh, we'll talk about the minor side effects. So minor side effects are actually only experienced by about ten percent of people, ten percent of the population taking Truvada. About that, possibly even less. Okay. Not everybody who takes Truvada as prep will experience the minor side effects. One, uh, minor side effects could be a combination of things. Not everybody experiences the same thing, but I'll talk about the most common um, minor side effects that people do experience for about three to four. Please weeks. don't say diarrhea. Uh, well, diarrhea is one of them. Oh, no. Why do all of these medications cause that? That is the worst. Well, I like loose stool. I like to use the word <laughs> loose stool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, slightly more appealing, yeah. but... <laughs> so, uh, loose stool, stomach upset, dizziness, headaches, uh, moodiness, uh, you know, tiredness, um, nausea, uh, any, you know... Any so it sounds a lot like PMS. <laughs> <laughs> Three or four weeks, a little bit, you know. And, and um, how long does that last, though? Um, in all seriousness, the the side effects is it just a like a, a period of time when you are adjusting to the medication, um, or is it something that's that's going to last, and you have to think twice whether or not you want to actually take this pill? Well, the the for the most part, the minor side effects last about three to four weeks, okay. and then they wear away. Like uh, I am a prep user. And I will just speak to my experience. Um, I had I was having vivid dreams. Vivid dreams is actually one of the side effects as well. It's one of the side effects of one of the drugs included in Truvada. Truvada is actually a combination drug of two drugs, tenofovir, as well as m tricitabine. Nice. And so yes. So I no, experienced but dreams. I experienced I experienced the tiredness and and the crankiness. And then like. You know, it was hell for those three weeks for me. Not, you know, it, not everybody experiences these. I don't want to say it's going to be hell for anybody. It's right. just the getting used to this. But it's, but so, so it's a commitment. So you yeah. have to be willing to kind of dive in and have these changes happen to you. Um, yeah. You're going to be tired. Let's say that, you know, your symptoms were the most common ones. So you're going to be super tired. You're going to be moody as hell. You're not going to want to be near anyone. <laughs> yeah, I try. You know, you you truck. You just keep on trucking. And honestly, one day, like I didn't notice. It was like a week had gone by, and I was like, "Oh, 
they wore off. Ooh. And, you know, and most people actually, uh, whenever anybody's experiencing the, you know, the the nausea or the dizziness or, you know, the diarrhea, mm-hmm. um, it's recommended just take it before you sleep. So okay, you there you go. Sleep through those. Sleep through the pain. Sleep through them. Or, you know, yeah. it, or if you're dealing with some stomach upset, maybe eat it with food. Maybe that'll help ease. There really is no FDA recommend. There is no FDA recommendation for taking it with food. Mm-hmm. Um, FDA says take it with or without food. Okay. Whatever it help eases your digestion of the mm-hmm. medication. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but that, and then honestly, I can assure you, or I, you know, for the most part, for most users, those minor side effects wear off around three to four weeks. Okay. Uh, so if, and and, if and how soon does for, it become effective? Does it take those three to four weeks for it to build enough up in your system to actually prevent HIV infection? Or is it uh, effective immediately? And so I'm going to be speaking to how the FDA uh, recommends PrEP be taken now. Uh at least here in the United States. And so when we talk about when the medication is effective, for people born with penises, it is, it's, you know, it takes full effect within seven days. And when we say seven days, it takes, you know, the medication is coding your cells within your body, particularly your immune system cells. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about seven days, it, you know, it, we're talking about the highest risk um, location within the body for HIV infection, and that's the rectum. Mm-hmm. And so, it take for people born with penises, it takes seven days to fully coat the rectal cells to okay. prevent HIV infection. Okay. Now, when we talk about people born with vulvas, um, it takes up to twenty-one days for. Why is everything harder for the gals? Well, it just so happens because of the what? fact that you know the, re- the rectum has about like one layer of. Um, cells compared to like the three layer and uh, I, once again here we go to like you know my wonderful colloquial education uh, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> we're just talking about just basically there's like three layers of of you know of cells within the vulva or the vagina we the are vagina. we're complex we're complex yeah. <laughs> a lot you know there's just a lot more coding that needs to happen with All the right. With the medication. So, and this actually leads me to a good question is like, who is this really indicated for? Because, you know, most people might assume if they have even heard of PrEP, um, mm-hmm. that it's just for gay men, right? But that is not the case. No, actually. Okay, here we go. Now I'm going to get into my spiel. So I love it. Do PrEP it. may not be for everyone, but everyone should know about PrEP. Frankly, I say anybody who is sexually active who wants to take the next step to protecting their sexual health can use PrEP. No matter your gender identity, no matter, you know, what type of genitalia you were born with, no matter whatever. Yes. Yes. But then there are the CDC indications for who should be um, or who, you know, PrEP is recommended for. Right. So who's Um, at most risk, right? Exactly. Yes. And then. um, And so who is that? Um, PrEP is recommended for anybody who might be at higher risk for HIV, including in that um, men who have sex with men, uh, you know, we'll lump everybody in because, you know, not all men who have sex with men identify as gay or bi. That's true. But, um, which is a whole nother conversation yeah, that we can is- have you back for. Yeah. Uh, but men who have sex with men, anybody who's had condomless sex within the past six months, anybody who has possibly who has been not possibly, but anybody who has been diagnosed with an STI in the past six months, anybody who might be selling sex uh, for, you know, um, commercial purposes. Hey, everybody, I want to take a quick break for a mention about STD Chick. If you go to the LadyFoxEntertainment.com website, 
and click on the resources slash partners page. There are a number of different ways to get there. You'll see it on the menu or on the homepage. And you can get a special deal on a private confidential STD test and you'll get $10 off of your order just for being an NOL listener. So once again, take charge of your sexual health, you guys and girls. Back to the show. So a lot of people look at um, ST, STDs like chlamydia or gonorrhea like, oh, that's no big deal. I'll just take a pill and it's gone. And so even if you're somebody who got one of these STDs and it's gone, but it was in the last six months, you could still be at risk. So you are a good candidate for PrEP. Yes, they are a great candidate for PrEP, no matter their gender identity. If somebody should have contracted an STI or you know been diagnosed with an STI in the past six months, they would be a candidate for PrEP. While we do the, while the language is very cis male centric, mm-hmm. and let me stop you for a second because our audience may not know what cis oh. means. So cisgender, you know, cis is the opposite of trans. Uh, cisgender means anybody who is. Uh, you know, their mindset coincides with their genitalia. Right. So, so you're born a boy and you think like a boy. Exactly. They're born with you a feel penis. feel like a boy. They identify as, you know, a man. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you for that. So so you were saying cis men. So it's very cis, gay, male, you know, specific language. Um, but of course, you know, for a long time, you know, at least within the United States, uh, one of the highest risk groups for HIV, of course, are men who have sex with men or, you know, gay mm-hmm. men. Yeah. Gay, you know, gay by identifying. Women. Sure. Um, but this is interesting to me what you're saying in that. And this is why it's so important for the listeners to know about PrEP, because it is not just for one population of people. Like anyone could be at risk. If you're having sex, you're at risk. Yeah. If you're, ha- if you're having sex condomless or if you're having sex co- with condomless with multiple partners who might not know their status mm-hmm. or if you're injecting drugs or... If you're a sex worker, if you are anybody who actually is in a relationship with somebody who has a different zero status as you, zero status meaning that you are HIV negative and this person is HIV positive, mm-hmm. um, anybody within those categories, yes. yeah. particularly high risk groups, that's because a lot of those groups are actually being left out of the conversation, like trans women, you know, no one's talking to poly people or, you know, polyamorous or swingers. No one's talking to, you know, what well, we do lump in, you know, within MSM, you know, uh, by identified people. Anybody who is sexually active or utilizing needles or, you know, is in a serodiscordant relationship. Yeah. Want to take the extra step to protect your sexual health. Absolutely. I love what you said. I love that you listed it out. It's like, hey, if you're swinging, you are not pulled out of this conversation. (laughs) So everybody listen up. So let's let's talk about when you're out there educating. Um how it's done, first of all, and then um, as a second part of the question, what kind of reactions do you get? Do people already know about it and they're like, oh, I already know, or are they really ears wide open? Okay, so when we talk about my specific outreach, um, well, okay, so along with my outreach, there's a virtual component, which is the website, There's the there are the um, social media profiles, there are dating app profiles where people can ask me private questions on geo dating apps, so geographic dating apps such as Grindr, Scruff, these are all, of course, um, 
MSM centric uh, locations. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that is that is my primary audience. Uh, and then specifically for my position, I do outreach at commercial sex venues in Los Angeles. And when we talk about commercial sex venues, I talk about bathhouses and sex clubs mm -hmm. uh, within Los Angeles County. And so within those venues, we actually, JWC Institute offers free HIV testing within those venues. And then I kind of tag along with our testers and I, I chill. I, you know, I'm going into these venues. When we talk about these venues, we talk about these are safe spaces for men to have sex with other men. Mm -hmm. And um, so I never intrude on anybody's sexuality. You know, there's a lot of sexual liberation and enjoyment and celebration of that going on around me. And I kind of just chill with our HIV testers. And when I say just chill, like I, I don't intrude on any test that they're giving. So you let people come to you? Yes. Basically, I promote myself via announcement over the microphone. Hmm. I let it be known on the dating apps. I also put up um, posts on our social media profiles saying, hey, I'm going to be at, you know, blah, 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 spa from this time to this time. If you have any questions. That's great. Hashtag prep. I'm there to ask them. And then, of course, you know, our testers field questions about PrEP because anybody getting tested, um, you know, they have questions about PrEP. They sure. want to, if they're currently HIV negative and they want to, you know, help protect their status, of course, these questions are coming up mm -hmm. and coming into the room. And we, you know, we have a whole motivational interviewing process where we find out where they're at with their, uh, you know, with their you know, risk reduction practices. Do you find that this happens often? Because I'm thinking to myself, wow, they're they're kind of enjoying the deal. Like they 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 went out for a certain reason. So um, are they going to want to sit in a room? Like how long does this conversation take? Well, <laughs> that's why, and I understand that. Trust me, that's why I don't intrude because of course people are there. For so, so usually they come to you when they're done. So they come and they're worried. <laughs> well, you know, they come to me when they're, you know, when they want to talk, like they have these conversations. I'm just like, hey, I'm here. Like, you know, do you want some lube? Like, here are some condoms mm -hmm. and come back to me if you want to talk about prep. And then, you know, I get the people who are interested in it and they come and talk to me. Or there are people who who will, for the sole purpose of the, you know, communication will come hunt me down. I have talked to, wow. I, you know, I've had people tell me, hey, I just saw you on Grinder right now. I've been looking for you and let's talk about prep. Or, That's great. You know, our testers, they're like, hey, we have a client here who wants to talk about PrEP. So I come in, we talk about where PrEP might fit into their life. Mm -hmm. And then, or sometimes it's just basic PrEP education. I give them the information about what it is. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, PrEP, while it may seem like, oh, my God, everybody's, you know, raising the roof about it. Honestly, there are a lot of people who don't know about PrEP or the basics of it. Or they hear, like, these mumblings about mm -hmm. it. But, you know, and they read it on the apps and they see ads. But nobody really has this, well, some people don't have a clear idea as to what it is. So I clarify for them. And then we talk about where they might be and how it What are some of those, um, the misunderstandings or the myths about it that people say, well, I thought that it was this. And you say, nope, that's that's a myth. What are some of those? Well, some of those, like, you know, they think that, you know, because they think that they could just take it once and that it works. Ah, mm -hmm. That or, you know. You're like, nope, this is daily. You know, people have these myths that all of a sudden everybody who might, you know, be using prep is going to stop using condoms, which is another myth because no, um, you know. But that and, is actually a big controversy going it, on it, right now. It is controversial. You know, some people believe that prep might, you know, there are some advocates and activists out there who believe that prep might, you know, start breaking down the condom culture that exists. But that's, you know, that's a falsified idea. That is so. And also raise the rate of STIs. Yeah, and that itself is also, you know, that is a fallacious statement as well. Mm -hmm. um, 
frankly, at least among MSM, you know, STI rates have been on the rise since about the year 2000 and started spiking around 2010, way before PrEP was even approved for, you know, usage in the United States. And even still, we're going to talk about rising STI rates. I can tell you, at least in Los Angeles, for men who have sex with men, only about 2,000 men who have sex with men are currently on PrEP in LA. So we're going to talk about these huge STI rates going on across the country. No, it was not PrEP. So... So when you're talking to people, when they come to you, they already seem like they're interested. They want to learn more. But has anyone ever kind of uh, had a fear or something, some sort of pushback in reaction to what you've told them and were scared of taking Truvada? I have had people say, I don't want to take a pill every day. Uh, I hate swallowing a pill every day. Or they're, you know, I have experienced one person who had a, you know, a phobia of taking a pill every day. And, you know, mm. I'm still learning as an educator. For a while I was in marketing, so I was behind. I mean, I was doing, you know, face-to-face peer education. And then for the past couple of years I worked in marketing and I was behind a computer. Mm-hmm. And so it's me going back on the streets and then now talking about prep. I, you know, honestly, like I'm experiencing different things with every person. Like there are the general things I experience with people where it's just, oh, they just want to know about, you know, they just want the print basics or some people want payment resources. And then there's this one person who had a fear of taking a pill every day. <laughs> and and so I really try to put myself in that person's headspace yeah. and talk to them about, you know, what what they think their risks for HIV are right now at this time in their life. Yeah. And, 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 you know, just make that decision. Like, is it the right thing for you? Does it make sense? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's that. But do I have some pushback? Yes, I have. You know, I for about 99.99999% of the time, I deal very everybody responds very positively to me mm-hmm. about you know well, that's because you're so sweet oh thank you how could they not uh, but they're like i have experienced this one quite at least virtually volatile person who um is not a big fan of me going into you know commercial sex venues to talk about prep um, I don't know. I, you know, honestly, it's the internet. You know, it, we like they all say, don't read the comments. But unfortunately, you know, these comments aren't uh, comments like on a thread. They're a commun- They're in communication with me, and so I had to block this person multiple times on different um, dating apps because they were sending some pretty volatile messages. And I don't feel unsafe for myself, uh, but it was just, it was just. I, so so I, this kind of boggles my mind. Up. You know, well, this boggles my mind that that somebody would be so against this. So maybe this ties back to this idea of there being some controversy about it. Um, you know, what what do you think is the problem there? I think, you know, honestly, in regards to the controversy, we talk about, you know, where these myths like this destruction of the condom culture. There's this, you know, this myth that the new great, you know, plague will come again sexually but what about the difference within the gay community itself between the generations so the the um gay men who are older who went through the aids crisis and now they see the younger generation who has this wonderful um regimen that is presented to them and they don't have to experience any of any of that um is there um a divide that's occurring between those generations in your opinion because of prep i don't want to say all not lumping everybody together, yeah, but do you always, find that some people are dividing? Of course, there's always cultural division, you know, amongst generations. But 
Honestly, like in my experience, and once again, I talk about I live in these bubbles because most of my experience have been positive. But on the larger scale, we talk about the controversy. And there's, you know, this there's this fear, you know, that the youth are no longer scared of HIV like we used to be. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, there's those messages that people have to be scared or see people dying around them constantly to know that HIV is a big deal. And and then there's, you know, this it's it's a little bit of like internalized homophobia. It's a little bit of internalized slut shaming for. Mm. Okay, so imagine for 30 plus years, people have been told that gay sex sexually like liberal gay sex will lead to death and then you throw you know like that was the message for a very long time you were you were irresponsible yeah you could die it's that intense um, you were being irresponsible Mm -hmm. and now yes condoms are recommended by the cdc to go along with prep but, you know, some users of PrEP are not utilizing condoms and they're still protecting themselves against HIV because PrEP alone protects against HIV. You know, side note, it does not protect against other STIs. It does not protect against it does not protect against hepatitis C. It does not help protect against unplanned pregnancy. But, you know, PrEP is, um, you know, 92 to 99 percent, up to 99 percent effective. We're going to say it's up to 99 percent effective. But I think that that's the problem. HIV. That's why, like, the guys who did go through through the scare are like you little brats you don't have to worry about anything and now you're just kind of barebacking it all day long but the wonderful thing about prep is it has allowed people who have lived through that and who have survived that and who you know who remained hiv negative to now enjoy sex the way they want to because of the fact, and you know, a lot of people talk about prep releasing their fears of hiv mm-hmm. and i can tell you that that is why i as a PrEP user, started using PrEP because it helped me stop being scared of HIV. That's and awesome. While, you know, yes, nothing is 100% effective, but you know what? There are other risk reduction practices that people utilize, and, you know, we have known that since HIV was, you know, brought into, you know, into history, like, people have utilized a range of risk reduction practices to do what they can to remain HIV negative. And even now, like, we're in 2016, if somebody should become HIV positive, they, um, you know, research has shown that they get into care and do their best to maintain their health by taking their ARVs, they can bring down their stat, they can bring down their viral load to what is, you know, suppressed or what is known Mm -hmm. as under like yes. colloquially and they will be they are the least infectious you know they they have least risk for transmitting the virus to anybody else mm-hmm. and once again if any of the language i'm utilizing here is you know if i'm offending anybody you know my apologies i'm just like you know i'm talking straight out my mouth not at uh, all i love what you're saying and i think it's so important for everybody to have this kind of awareness right yeah. um and to still use all of those um it, you know reduction techniques as you called them reduction in risk right to reduce risk you know and mm-hmm. so prep just happens to be a new tool in the toolbox to help reduce our risk for hiv mm-hmm. and so people you know people are scared of what they don't know and right we always talk about, you know, misunderstanding leads to, you know, controversy or fear or, yes. you know, and if people were to educate themselves. But then, of course, there are those who are so dead set in their mindset yes. of like, oh, my God, you're just being a, like, you know, when we talk about. Slut oh, you're taking right. You're taking this as an opportunity to go be a slut. Is you know, that what some is that something that would be said? 
Yes, that is what is being said by yeah. some people. It is horrible to read the fact that people are saying this stuff. Yeah, it, totally. Like, you know, people are utilizing PrEP to, you know, they are taking control of their health. Right, it's a positive thing. You know, PrEP is in so many people's plans. The CDC, you know, put out recommendations for PrEP back in 2014. Mm -hmm. It is part of the national HIV AIDS strategy by the White House. It, you know, New York is ramping up PrEP, you know, PrEP promotion. It's part of their plan to, you know, end HIV in New York. Like San Francisco, there are 6,000 users of PrEP in San Francisco. Wow. Like, and only 2,000 in LA, you said? Yeah, only 2,000 in LA. Wow. So you have a big job ahead of you. You know, well, you know, luckily there, I'm part of a wonderful, like, like I was at an event a couple of weeks ago. um, And, you know, and once again, I'm going to go back into talking about my work specifically because my work, we focus on MS, on um, men of color, men of color who have sex with men. Mm -hmm. But I was at an event a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, specifically for Spanish speaking uh, individuals, because right now um, the CDC recently put out you know, a report that if infection rates continue as they do, one in two African-American men who have sex with men, gay by African-American men, and one in four Latino MSM or men who have sex with men will contract HIV in their lifetime. Oh if my it, gosh. If infection rates continue as they are. So of course, as a man of color who has sex, who has, who loves having sex with men, you know, this is a big, you That's know, That's a big deal. It is it is part of my passion work, and that is the those numbers are very scary. They, they are, but you know what? There are wonderful factions of advocates and activists across this across this country who are doing their best to you know, aside from prep usage, talk about condoms, presenting you know comprehensive sex education to communities where they can, who are doing their best. Like the prep, the prep movement is a grassroots movement and we are doing our best to get the word out there to let people know that this exists and that it will help keep you hiv negative and in the u.s you know right now the cdc is recommending that you know 1.2 million people should take prep across the board across the united states about 47 thousand people across the United States and Canada are on prep. So, you know, there's a lot of work, but just, you know, of that, like I can only speak to Los Angeles County. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you and I, Michelle, we're both in LA. And um, right now there's about 50. Aren't we lucky, Raul? We are. (laughs) If you are in Los Angeles and you are listening to this, I will speak to everybody. Just know that we are, we are living in a very wonderful city that has plenty of opportunities for you to go on PrEP, whether you're uninsured, whether you're undocumented, no matter your insurance mm-hmm. status, PrEP is available to you in our city if you think you might be at risk. Yes, you know, there are some recommendations as to who should be taking it, but honestly, if you are HIV negative and you think that you might be at risk for the virus and you are sexually active and you want to take that next step, PrEP is for you. So if you're in some part of the country where you do not have access to an LGBT center or anywhere to go, um, I would encourage you then to go to uh, prepare.la. Yes, because I do provide resources to where you can find, because there are multiple patient assistance programs to help get the medication. The drug maker Gilead does make the available, the, the, co- the, the medication free of cost to you if you cannot pay for it or for some reason you can't pay for it. They will work with you, you know, to to get the co- to get the medication at little to no cost as possible. There are, you know, there's the patients, uh, the 
patient access network. There is the patient assistance foundation. There is, you know, there's all kinds of assistance for you out there to help, you know, get the medication for little to no cost. I love this. Depending on your city, you know what? Go to prepare.la. Please call our prep hotline. Uh, Let me go ahead and pull that up for you real quick. But you can follow me online on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, backslash at sign prepjucator, P-R-E-P-D-U-C-A-T-O-R. I love that, prepjucator. And then you can call our hotline, 929-376-P-R-E-P. That is 929-376-7737. I'm happy that there are, you know, there are multiple places for you to find out this information. There is actually one of the best sources of information on Facebook, the Prep Facts Group. There, you know, it's populated with some of the best HIV researchers and educators uh, within the nation. You know, handing out this information for free. Prep users talking about their experiences, and that's Facebook.com/backslash/prepfacts. Um, you know, the information is out there. There are people out there who are willing to help you get this medication who, you know, to take care of your, your sexual health. And also, if you don't know your status, get tested. HIV, you can live a healthy life with HIV and maintain a wonderful, flourishing sex life and life, you know, and healthy life with HIV. It is a manageable disease if you are proactive to mm-hmm. you know, Take control of your health. Mm-hmm. So get tested, everybody, if you haven't been. Take control of your sexual health. Um, get educated. And um, again, for more information. So get prepjucated. And get prepjucated. I love that. <laughs> Prepare.la, yes. everybody. Raul, you are so great. And I love what you're doing out there. It's an important thing. And um, I'm very grateful that you took time to share this information with us on Nothing Off Limits. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Michelle. Thank you, everybody out there for listening. Once again, um, please feel free to reach out. I'm happy to give out as much information as you need. I love it. Thanks again, Raul. Thank you. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.